Jesus, invite the Holy Spirit into this. Lord, we ask, God, that you would just begin to, um, uh, just begin to download into our spirit. Oh, God, we thank you for peace. God, that you would bring peace to us. Oh, God, we thank you for a word that's going to change our life. God, we just give you all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Miracles can happen when you believe. Amen. And we believe tonight for miracles to take place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and honor, God. We worship you, God. Now we come here tonight, Lord Jesus, so that we can uh, enter in. We could go to a new place in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're ready. Thank you, Jesus. Miracles can happen when you believe. Miracles can happen when you receive In the presence of the Lord, you are free indeed Miracles can happen when you On water, so only Peter could believe. Heard the Savior tell him, Come forth, and only keep your eyes on me.
That's our cry tonight. God, we want more of you. We just want you, Lord. Holy Spirit, won't you come? Won't you move? We're crying out to you tonight. Won't you hear us? We thank you, Lord, that you're moving in ways that we can't see. We expect, we anticipate a mighty move of your spirit tonight. Yes, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
transformation. God, that you would move, that you would bring revival, oh God, that you would transform us, oh God. Reveal yourself to us tonight. Yes, tonight oh God we thank you Jesus just to be close to you just to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire yes hallelujah just to be close to you just to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire just to be just to be close to you come on just sing it to him just to be close just to, you. to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire. Just to be close to you. We want to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close. 
just to be close to you is my desire is my, it's my desire, desire. Tell just to be close to just you It's our heart tonight. To we want to be close to you. Just to be, just to be, be close to you. Is my desire. Just to be, just to be close to you. Oh, yeah. Just to be close to you. We want to be close to you. Just to be. Holy Spirit, come is my desire. Come on, sing it to Him. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Is my desire. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Is my desire. We'll sing it again. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Come on, why don't you just tell him that tonight? God, we're hungry for you. We want to be close to you. We want more of you, oh God. Lord, we thank you that your presence is here, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're bringing transformation to us, oh God. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you for who you really are. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you for who you really are. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you for who you really are. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. Come on, sing it out for who you really are. Who you really are. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want.
you really are. Come on, just whatever he is to you. Yes. He's my healer. Yes, he is. Just begin to sing it out. You are faithful, God. Our deliverer, Lord. Yeah, you're my way maker. My peace speaker, you are. Oh, you're working it out. You're working all things for my lover of my soul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you really are faithful. You are faithful, Lord. Holy Spirit, come have your way. I want to know. Lord, we want to know you. I want to, to know. To be intimate you. with you, God. Who you really Bring are. Bring us into the Holy of I Holies, want to Lord. know you. We want to sit at I your feet. I want to know you. We want to know you, I want to know you. For who you really are. Yes, we do, God. Thank you, Jesus. We want to know you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We want to know you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are satisfied. You are in this place. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God, for turning yes. things around. You, you're faithful, faithful, you, faithful, Lord. God. Yes, you really are. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you that you are our peace. God, that you are, God, whatever that we need. Lord, and we thank you that tonight, God, that you are turning all things, God, for our good. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that tonight is a night of breakthrough. Tonight is a night of deliverance, oh God. God, that you are beginning to uh, cause things, oh God, streams in the middle of the desert, oh God. We thank you that you are our provider, that we have nothing to be afraid of, oh God. But we trust in you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are on time. You are on time. God, you are faithful. God, and we thank you jesus that you are in this house holy spirit you are here god that you are working god in in our lives and the situations god that we've been praying god and warring after oh god we thank you jesus god for our families god for the city our community oh god for this nation oh god for things to be turned around oh god we just thank you holy spirit lord jesus god we just thank you god that that your promises are yes and amen oh god we thank you that we have peace in you we we can put our faith our trust in you god we ask God that tonight, oh God, that you would just begin to, God, begin to speak into every heart, speak into uh, uh, to our soul, oh God, to bring healing, oh God, to our soul, to our mind, Lord Jesus. God, we open up our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive, God, our eyes, oh God, to receive tonight everything that you have for us. Lord, and we just bind every distraction, God, anything that the enemy has already tried to do before we came in tonight, God, we just render it powerless. We expose the tactics of the enemy, and we render it powerless in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the authority that we walk in, oh God, and the authority that we have to speak, God, and to begin to prophesy to atmospheres and command them to change. Lord, and we just thank you for that tonight. We thank you for healing, God, physical healing, emotional healing, oh God. God, whatever that you want to do, God, we are open, we're ready. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen. You may be seated. We're so glad that you're here tonight. God's got an awesome word for us. Pastor Bev's going to come.
Amen. And it's uh, Josh is coming uh, to take the mic. I just got a couple of quick announcements, and that is, first of all, we're thrilled that you're here. Um, uh, Pastor and Prophet Patrick has been in South Louisiana since Thursday, and he's been ministering at Cross Church Homa. And uh, we picked him up today, and he's here now to pour out his heart. And he'll be here at this location in Gonzales again at 9 a.m. in the morning. And then we are moving this prophetic gathering to our New Orleans campus in Metairie. We will be there at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. And we invite you to come and to bring somebody who's hungry, who wants to receive from God. And we know that the anointing is going to flow on him as we do what pastor always teaches us. Place a demand on the anointing and expect have expectant and faith-filled hearts ready to receive. One other announcement, and that is that, uh, ladies, if you go online to praisechurchoflouisiana.com, you can register today for our Unlocked Leadership Luncheon, which will be Monday the 29th. We are doing a one-day uh, kind of a mini Unlocked conference in October. All of those information is online, and it's going to be great, and we're excited you're here and more than anything, we're excited that the Lord is here. Open up your hearts, be expectant, and ready to receive. All right, good evening. Come on, is this the house of God? All right, good. You're going to talk to me. I tell the church all the time, you know, I'm not going to sit on a plane next to me. I'm going to talk to you the whole flight. You know, if you fly into Europe and it's eight hours, just get ready. And so uh, we're just going to talk and then we're just going to have conversations. So if I come up here, we're going to talk. Amen. Come on. This is the house of God. Come on. He's the God of the living, not the dead. And so uh, I just encourage you to be alive. Amen. Come on. He's filled us with our sp his spirit inside of us amen and so uh i'm super excited so i always get the privilege and honor to do the tithes and offerings so no one likes me because every time i come up here i'm collecting money and so uh we will have uh <laughs> i feel like matthew the tax collector but that's all right so we will have um on a serious note we will have uh, a love offering for uh Prophet Kitely Patrick, um, he's an awesome guy. If you have not heard his me um, ministry and his message, you're going to love him. He's phenomenal. And so I've, we've known each other probably five years or so, somewhere around that time frame. And he's been such a blessing to this house and um, to our family. Um, so, but we will take up a second offering at the end of service for him. This is our, you know, Saturday night service. We don't have many. So this is our regular tithe and offering and time to worship in God. And so I was reading the other day in Nehemiah chapter 13 and you know, he comes and the house of God is empty. The worshipers had left and they had to go to the field because the tithe was not being brought into the house. And he started to reprimand the people of Israel. And he started to say, no, you need to bring the tithe so that the house of God cannot go hungry. See, God gave a command, and I think it's in Leviticus. He says that the fire on the altar should never go out. Come on. And if priests are having to do everything else, then how can they keep the fire on the altar of God? And so, I challenge you, church, it is crucial to honor God and your wealth, not only for your blessing, not only for the doors that open in your life. I'm telling you, I believe in giving. There has been so many times that I have sowed that God has opened doors for me that I could not open for myself. But also I understand the importance 
Come on, of taking care of the house of God. That's what I love about David, because David was in his house and he saw the, the Ark of the uh, Covenant, the, the presence of God sitting under a tent. And so we must be people that care for the house of God. Amen. And so I challenge you in that. Our ushers in the back, I'm going to pray, and then pastor's going to come, and um, he's going to introduce Prophet Kitely. But Father, I just thank you, Lord. Father, that you would find for yourself a people that reverence your house, that honor your house. Lord, I thank you for the blessings that you've given me, you've given my family. But God, may I never neglect your house. Lord, may I give and sow what you call me to do so that the fire can burn and the fire on the altar will never go out. We give you all praise and glory as you bring your gift to the rear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's a good day. It's good to see each of you here today. We're going to have a good time tonight, and I know that each of you are going to be blessed. I, uh, I'm excited about this weekend. I have uh, been hearing reports of uh, our son's church, of what took place while he was there in, in Homa, and uh, great reports and great ministry that had taken place, but we're going to bring it up a notch, and uh, we're going to have some fun in here. I want him to, I want him to come and, and minister. This is a a friend of our family, and uh, we fell in love with this guy years ago, and um, has been a tremendous blessing to us. And uh, I want you to give a good Gonzalez uh, welcome to Patrick Kitely as he comes to minister to us today. Amen. Thank you. Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to be here in this place, in this house once again. Uh, bring greetings also to give everyone greetings online. I know there's people that are watching. I think I have some friends in New Jersey. They said they were looking in, as well as my family in Texas. My mother in California, too, she said. So if mom, if you're watching, hello, mom. Um, and uh, she's out there in California with my sister right now. But uh, what an honor and privilege to be here. I think since we were with you all last in was it February? Uh, we've moved from Atlanta to Dallas, and uh, so we're our family. We all picked up and we moved to Dallas. It was a very interesting move uh, because my father he passed away this last October, and uh, on his deathbed, about four hours about four hours before they put the ventilator on him, uh, it was on a Thursday, and it was the last time that we were able to talk with one another and uh, he was kind of going in and out already for a couple days and then the next morning he actually a Friday morning he passed but about four hours before the ventilator he was put on the ventilator he he just kind of came came to for a minute he was laying there sleeping I guess he you know just resting and he just came to and he grabbed my shoulder and he said Patrick go to Texas and uh, it was like one of those like mandate things like this was like, you know, a God thing. We already been considering what our next move was going to be. We've been in Georgia for six years. And, uh, and just like, what God, where do you want us? You know, as a family, my son-in-law is from Houston, from League City. And so he was always, you know, putting in the good word for Texas already. 
you know, telling us about, you know, the land of Bucky's and, uh, <laughs> and everything is big in Texas and all that. And uh, so I'm, I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan. That was the only thing, you know, going to Dallas. And of all places, we moved to Frisco, which where, you know, where the star is, where the Dallas Cowboys are. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because I just have never, I've actually preached against the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, I, I have a friend, because I have friends who love the Cowboys, and every year is their year, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, and so I, I, I always tell them, I call them up like, you know, this is your year, right? And uh, since 1995, you know, keep on saying that, you know. So I told him one time, I said to my friend, I said, what if, you know, I'm prophetic, you know that. Uh, what if I told you that from now till when Jesus returns, the Dallas Cowboys will never win the, the Super Bowl? He said, we're not talking. We're not talking. We're, this conversation's over. But uh, just having fun with them. But my son actually is a, is a Saints fan. And uh, so he, he loves Drew Brees. He loved Drew Brees growing up. And uh, so he feels like the Saints, this is their year. So I'm not prophesying that, but um, you just never know. <laughs> but uh, it's good to be here with you all. Send bring greetings from my wife, Marlena. She was so happy to finally uh, meet you all. And I was happy for you all to meet her because um, I had been here Every single time I had been with y'all, I've never, she'd never been with me. And so I, it, my wife was not a phantom wife. She actually is real. And uh, so she had the chance to come to Blizzard Break, Breakaway and uh, with our daughter, our youngest daughter, and be with you all and just loved every single uh, minute of that time. So I think we're talking about maybe coming back, meeting you all back in Tennessee. So... Um, you were texting with her today, setting that thing up. So we're, we're hoping to be there. And um, <clears throat> we'll bring our daughter, uh, Jazz, again as well. Uh, Bo already uh, claimed her immediately when we were there. He's like, that's my wife. And, uh, and so I, we, we brought gifts. I brought gifts of the Super Mario kind. Uh, Marlena packed my bag up, so I got to hand Mr. Bo some presents and Blaze as well, but uh, we're just honored to be here. And we had a great time down in Homa um, at Cross Church. There was, there was one family that the Lord had me minister to, and uh, there was a, a young lady, her name was Bella, uh, and I started with her, and I just said, you're a firecracker, and they all started laughing. And I said, you know, you're just because I just saw this evangelistic thing and this prophetic thing on her. And she's like probably about 14 or 15 years of age. And, uh, and I said, you know what? You just, when you, when you go places, like, you get the attention of people. And I said, I, just, I see you in a restaurant. And you're in a restaurant and everyone's looking at you and you're making everyone smile. And the whole family just started laughing. And people in the church started laughing. And I'm like, you know, you just keep going. You don't know what you're talking about. And just keep on ministering. Well, later I found out that a week before, they were, the family went to Olive Garden. And there's this song that's going around that's viral um, off of America's Got Talent of a gentleman. He wrote a song called The Parmesan Song. And uh, it's about Parmesan cheese. <laughs> and how... They're so stingy with the Parmesan cheese, and they give you a spoonful, and you're like, I'll have another one, you know, and then you're afraid to ask for another one, but he wants more cheese. And so they wrote this whole song. Simon Cowell on the television show hated the song and voted against it. In fact, all the judges voted against it, but um, the crowd loved it. And so the crowd made them change their votes, 
and they passed him through off of the Parmesan song. So this girl, Bella, from the church there, goes into the Olive Garden, and they're like, Bella, do it, do it, do it. So she stands up in Olive Garden and sings the Parmesan song and gets everybody in the restaurant going and singing it. I've never even heard it till yesterday and because uh, I wanted to hear what this thing was about, you know. And uh, she got the whole place going. But in the prophetic word, sometimes God is so detailed, it's interesting. The Lord just showed me, it's like, I see you in a restaurant and everyone, you're making everyone smile. And you're getting the attention of the entire restaurant. Well, lo and behold, that's who Bella was. She was singing the Parmesan song. So it's amazing. You never know what's going to happen when you're in the, in, in the presence of God. You just, it, it, that kind of just tickled me. I thought that was hilarious, just uh, what that was all about. But so honored to be here. Um, I was listening to uh, Bethany pray here tonight. And it was interesting because I, when I walked into this room and and just kind of just got into the worship time, I just heard the Lord say, everything is changing. There's a shift taking place in the atmosphere. And there's a shift taking place in this city, in this region. Amen. And we get to be a part of it. Amen. And so as she, was, as she was singing and praying, and especially at the prayer at the end, I was like, okay, this is a confirmation. Everything's changing. And, uh, and, and this, I'm telling you, this is holy ground right here where we're at. I mean, first of all, I'm excited because, you know, one of their last guests that you had in here is one of my heroes and one of voices that have shaped my life and been a covering for me as Bishop Tudor Bismarck. And uh, how many enjoy T Bishop Tudor Bismarck? Um, he's... He's powerful. Um, he's one God's called to shift atmospheres, and uh, and he's hilarious too. He's absolutely just funny. He, I mean, you just never know what he's going to say, you know. And uh, but uh, but but God's given him such an anointing, so it's kind of fun for me. I think one of the other times I came here, I came right after him too. So I just kind of feel like a residue of the anointing just in this room here of the bishop, you know. So I just love him. I had the opportunity a few years ago. Um, one of his gentlemen who he he goes with an armor bearer, somebody to pray with him, different places, and. Um, they weren't they weren't able to make it. They were coming late, so I was with him for a few days and played armor bearer. That was kind of fun. Um, I learned quickly though that he doesn't like fragrances and things around him. He doesn't like he doesn't want anything to distract him. So I wore cologne once. He's like, Patrick, don't wear that cologne. I was like, I'm sorry, Bishop. He goes, that could throw off my groove. And uh, so I was like, okay, yes, Bishop, yes, Bishop. I'm not going to throw off your groove. I don't want to be the one, you know what I'm saying? But uh, fun times. But uh, it's an honor to be here with you all. And this is holy ground. And um, this is a house of revelation. And uh, that's why I think that apostles like him and prophets like me like coming here. Because there's something that opens up, opens up in the spirit that... I'm going to tell you right now, that's unusual. It doesn't happen in every single place. There's something that opens up in God that you all have. There's um, a deep, deep well, a multi-generational anointing that gets stronger and stronger as the years go by. And to step into a place like this, it's, it's not a challenge. It's, it's easy. I guess they call New Orleans the big easy. Um, the Big Easy, though, is a stronghold. It's actually the name of the stronghold over New Orleans. Maybe I'll deal with that tomorrow. That's his name. Somebody thought they just named the city the Big Easy. 
No, that's the name of the stronghold. Because the, the stronghold is at, at ease over New Orleans, has been for a long time. But guess what? There's a pink slip. Some guy had a TV show where he said, you're fired. You know what I'm saying? I don't know his name. <laughs> but uh, he just kind of, he kind of trumped the people and just said, you're fired. But, uh, um, you know, we'll deal with that when I get down there. We're in, we're in Gonzales tonight. So it's nice and it's, 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 a, it's a good flow. But there's a reason why, because, and I love being here, is because there's a portal of heaven. There's, a, there, there, there's an open heaven over this place. And, and what God has done, what you've been through in the journey, has prepared you for such a time as this. Amen? Um, there's one guy, he said, he said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. And uh, the opportunity of a lifetime is right in front of us. This is an epic moment. So what I want to deal with tonight, and then also just maybe in the times where I share in the Word, is just there's certain God encounters in Scripture that change everything. Everything's changing. Can somebody say that? Everything is changing. Gosh, that's a good thing. Because it's cray-cray out there. It is, it is. Things have gone haywire. But at the same time, God is about to cause something to take place in the land. And I believe it's an awakening of his spirit in this hour because people are hungry and people are desperate. And the kingdoms of this world, you know, out there, they're proving themselves. And they're coming up short in every single way. And so, you know, you can, you can have COVID and pandemics and then inflation and recession and you can call, have all this language here, but God's raising up a company of people who are inflation-proof and recession-proof. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think of the scripture in, in, in Psalm 119, verse 89. It says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. The word settled is a powerful word. It's established. It's something that's established. It stands in the heavens. Well, if, it's, if his word is settled in the heavens, then I think it's our job to settle it in the earth. Is that okay? Because God gives us his word in the earth, but it's our responsibility to walk in it and to fulfill it. And each and every one of us are necessary. Each and every one of us are crucial to God's plan in the earth. Every, the scripture says in Ephesians 4 that every joint supplies. And so everyone is needed. So Paul goes on and he talks about in another, another, another chapter, he talks about the fact that, you know, how can, you know, like for instance, the hand say to the eye, I don't have need of you. Every joint supplies. It's, it's, everything's about function. And God's created each and every one of us, the whole body. He created the body with different functions. And each one of us have different functions in our spheres of influence, in the place of our employment. We have different functions that God has for us in our families, in the cities that we live in. We're not just here to suck air. <laughs> We're not just here to do life. We're here to advance the kingdom of God in this time. And maybe I'll get into, I, I think maybe by tomorrow night, I'm going to talk about activating the kingdom. But, uh, you know, I will see. I'm just, when I get in here, it's just like, 
anything can happen. I'll start on a sermon, read a verse, and I'll go preach another one. You know, it's, like, it's just like, it's just stuff is in the air. You know what I'm saying? It's powerful. But, but I believe we're in a time where God is causing us, and that's what the prophetic ministry is all about, is about understanding our function. The prophetic speaks to our potential. It speaks to the possibility and the intention of God, but the possibilities of what our lives are to be. Just because someone gets a prophetic word doesn't mean that it, that it all of a sudden just abracadabra, it happens. There's prophetic responsibility. When you get a word, you got to do something with it. You can't just sit on your hands. You can't be like the, the one who was given the one talent and buried it. But we got to be like the one with the five talents who turns the five talents into ten talents. And then all of a sudden, not only do they turn five into ten, but when the king comes back, when the, the owner comes back, he comes back and he takes the one from the one who basically forfeited it and all of a sudden hands it to the one who is doubling what they've been given. So can you imagine, not only do you double what you have been given, but you're actually receiving inheritances that other people have forfeited. And that's because someone is being responsible with what they have been given. And, and, not, and, and that's what Jesus gives us. He gives us the whole idea that not every single one is responsible. So when we talk about prophecy and we talk about the word of the Lord, we realize that we have to do something with it. And God will keep on repeating the same word to you until you get it and start doing it. And it's not going to give you something new. Come on now. This is good stuff. He's going to give you what you need and what you're supposed to do repeatedly over and over, and he'll remind you over and over to step into it because God, let me say it again, has created each one of us for function. That's how he created the universe. See, I thought I was going to get into this verse here. I opened it up. It's nice. It's right there. But that's how he created the world. You realize that when, when you look in Genesis chapter 1, you look and you realize that the first three days of creation, God, he basically sets the stage. The, the, the heavens and the land and the sea. And then the next three days, he populates them. And what does he do? He puts birds in the air. He puts land animals on the land. He puts sea animals in the sea. And he, he creates everything for function. It wasn't just for, if we look at it from a material level, his creation, we're missing the point. Everything has a function. And then his final creation, his last creation, was mankind. And you look in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, 27, 28. He says, let us, he, all three of him, make man in our image according to our likeness. And all of a sudden, he creates man according to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 where it says, and God took man and he, he formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and man became a living soul, a living being at that point. So God created man. Well, what did he do? He created man after he created everything else. Why did he do that? Because he created man to step into a place called a ready environment. Where everything he needed to succeed was already there before he got there. And everything was created for function. And I believe that, that, that we're stepping into a ready environment in this time. Yeah. 
it looks like chaos, but the Holy Spirit broods and hovers over what they say in the Hebrew. It's called, in, in Genesis chapter 1, tohu wabohu. That's the Hebrew word for without form and void. Chaos. Tohu. I like that word. Tohu wabohu. Without form and void. What is, something is not there. Something's missing. All the elements were, were there, but they weren't put together. And what they needed to bring them together was a word. And then God said, let there be light. See, whatever chaos, ooh, can I talk to somebody here? Whatever bones are in the valley, Ezekiel and 37, that are scattered and torn apart and dry, and, and it looks like it, this, is, this is over, all of a sudden God drops Ezekiel in the middle of the valley, and he says, I need you to speak a word to the bones. I need you to speak a word to that which has been slain. This is getting good. I want you to speak a word. See, it's the word that all of a sudden brings order into chaos. And all of a sudden, things start coming together, and they begin to move in their function. And Ezekiel prophesies to the bones, and there's bones flying around, and they're coming together, and, and their bones are, are connecting to bone, the, the thigh bone connected to the, and you just go down, you know, the old song, you know what I'm saying? Each one, each bone is being connected together, and all of a sudden, he says, now prophesy to the muscles, to the sinew, to the skin, and, and prophesy to those things, and, and then you have this body that's laying out in the middle of this valley as all these things are formed on these bones and this body is picture of this body as being reformed by a word then he says i want you to speak to the the wind i want you to speak to the north wind the south wind the east wind the, the west wind hear the word of the lord and and breathe the breath of life into the the nostrils and 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 that body stood up an exceeding great army the scripture says all because of a word you see what's going on it looks like a valley of dry bones what's going on in the world right now it looks like a big soup of elements. That's how I look at that scripture, tohu wabohu. All the elements of the earth were all in one place, but they were disjointed. They were not together. And so they needed a word. And when God spoke that word, let there be, hayah, is the, is, is, is the Hebrew word for let there be, hayah. It sounds like, like Bruce Lee, you know what I'm saying? Hayah. God speaks a hayah, let there be, and all of a sudden light comes, and, 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 and the firmament is up there, and he separates the firmament and the waters, and, and, and birds are created, and, and blueberries are created, and watermelon is created. Thank you, Jesus. And lemons for lemonade. And, 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 and cows for steak. Come on, somebody. And sheep. And lamb. And chicken. I'm making somebody hungry here. <laughs> but God speaks a word and things start to be created and formed for their function so that we can step into a ready environment. A ready environment. I'm going to preach a verse. I know what I'm going to preach. Genesis chapter 18. And Pastor Beverly, I want to give you this. The preparation of the years and the tears 
and the decades has led you to this moment. And I see, I don't know if you have written or are writing, but I see a book, one, two, three, in fact. And I see that they're not just books, but they're actually accompanied with like manuals, with steps. And God is about to amplify your voice. The amplified version of Beverly Bilbo is about to be released into this nation because God is extending your reach, almighty woman of God, to speak a word to bring healing and life to people, to bring healing and hope to people. I keep using this word healing, to bring healing and shalom to people, to bring healing and victory to people, to bring healing and deliverance to people. For the Lord puts a sword in your hand with the Logos and the Rhema. You will wield that sword like you never have before. And God says, where there have been closed doors, I'm about to open them. And I'm about to open some unusual doors that may not even make sense, not just even in the church world, but even in corporate America. I'm going to open up places, business places, where you're going to speak to business people, business women, businessmen. You're going to speak the word of the Lord and prophesy the word of the Lord in those arenas. You have been prepared and brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so even as you write, the Lord says, write with the, with the, that kingdom mindset that you have, a broad mindset that is going to touch people in many different arenas for the Holy Spirit breathes upon you and gives you revelation and clarity and understanding on what you are writing. For I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that the pen is being loosened right now in Jesus' name and along with the pen comes the tongue. The pen and the tongue. They be able, the, the, I'm going to speak like Isaiah said, with the tongue of the learned. And you're going to speak to people in different arenas in this hour and prophesy the word of the Lord. You're going to prophesy and they're not even going to know you're prophesying because you're going to speak a word of life and hope to them in this season. So the Lord says, I'm enlarging your territory. Woo! Sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, is it okay? I was, I was trying to get to a verse and we'll see what happens here. Because <laughs> there's God encounters. There's certain, there's, certain, there's certain moments in time where everything changes. There's certain moments in time where God comes along or he sends certain people and it opens up things in the spirit realm. It opens up things. I mean, you talked about, you know, Bishop coming here and all of a sudden dreams just start coming alive. It's like there's something that certain people carry that unlock things inside of you. Can you imagine that Mary just knocks on the door of Elizabeth's house? Come on now. She just knocks on the door of her older cousin's house, and all of a sudden, Elizabeth opens up the door, and the scripture says that when she saw her at their greeting, the babe within her leaped and was filled with the Holy Spirit. What she was pregnant with. Woo, this is good stuff. Preach, preacher. Preach, preacher. What she was pregnant with all of a sudden leaped inside of her and was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's certain encounters. There's certain, come on now, greetings and meetings that God gives us 
where all of a sudden everything changes. Everything changes. Um, I'll keep going here. All right, I'm, I'm looking at Genesis 18. I've actually never preached this verse in my life, but I was looking at it today. <laughs> this is kind of fun. I know the verse. This is about Abraham and Sarah. And let me, let me read it now. They say I need bifocals, but I'm fighting. <laughs> In fact, let me, let me look it up here. I want to just show you something here. I was looking at it this afternoon here. I love preaching a verse I've never preached before. It's hot off the press. I don't even have notes for it. And I like it. <laughs> I do know some things about the words in this, so I, I want to I wanna share with you because I think there's something here that I was going to preach, actually, uh, Genesis 28 on Jacob, but what, maybe we'll come to that another service. Maybe. <laughs> See, I love Bishop Tudor Bismarck, but he, he comes in and just drops it on you. It says... Genesis 18, verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him, speaking of Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. I like this scripture right here. And the Lord appeared unto him, it says in the King James, in the plains of Mamre, and there's, there's, this is an area where there are a lot of trees. So this is not just in a desert. This is an area where there are a lot of trees, terebinth trees. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And it says here in this scripture, the Lord appeared to him. Now I'm talking about encounters. There are certain encounters that change everything. Come on now. You look in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they have what we call theophanies, God encounters, where God shows up, where God speaks, where God moves, where God changes everything. Just one encounter with God can change everything. A God encounter, I always say this, is a real, genuine, authentic experience with Jesus, with God, that sticks with you for a lifetime. <laughs> Where you get into his presence, and you might have come in one way, but you go out another. Where he appears before you, and you see him high and lifted up, like Isaiah in chapter 6. And the train of his robe fills the temple. And you hear angels crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And you get into an atmosphere like that, and you realize, you know what? I'm a man of unclean lips. I, I, I need you to touch me. I need a coal from the altar. Something's got to change in my life. I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. Change me. You know, have you ever been in the atmosphere of worship or sitting with, under the word, and you're like, God, change me? And it's amazing because in those moments, God appears. He shows up. It's called his presence. And when he comes with his presence, anything can happen. What is impossible with man is possible with God. 
Whoo, I thank you, Jesus. And we've all had those moments, and I believe that we're in one of those moments right now that even as we're just sharing here, I just, I just sense the presence of God just coming in in a very strong way in this, in this meeting. If we could begin to just open our eyes to see in the Spirit and, and sense in the Spirit the weightiness of God's presence in this room. Whoo, it would change everything. Sometimes we're so cognizant of, of everything else that we miss out on what God wants to do. I've been in meetings where I could be sitting there, because I'm kind of analytical sometimes, and I could be sitting there and just kind of watching, you know, the the way the service is going and how the how the person is singing and you know, is are are they harmonizing and you know what you know, what are they going with this? And you know, you're just looking around and who's there and you know, and, and especially in pastoral mode, you're looking, you know, you're looking in the room, who's there? Are they entering in? What's going on with them? You have a little prophetic inside of them and you're like, okay, they're having issues. And uh, you know, it's like, you know, you can just kind of get in your head. And the person right beside you could be lost in the glory. And they might have came in with a sickness. They might have came in with emotional issues. They might have entered into the church and they needed an answer. And in that moment, God appears and everything changes. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Maybe they've been praying for something for a very long time. And they've been asking God, how long? Has anyone ever had that prayer before? (laughs) <laughs> how long is this going to, when is this going to take place? Because I have a word from you. I have a promise from you. I have a declaration from you. You sent a prophet who spoke that word, and I'm still waiting. Somebody's alive here. <laughs> I'm still wandering. Sometimes I feel like I'm still wandering. I have a word. But God, I need you to do something. And then all of a sudden, God appears and everything changes. There's so much power in this. Everything changes. And in this scripture, it's interesting because in 18, in verse 1, here is Abraham with his wife, Sarah, and it says the Lord appeared to him in these plains of Mamre. And Mamre is a very interesting word in the Hebrew because Mamre has a few different sides to it. One, it's a place of sight or insight. It's also a place of strength through adversity. Now, I have an old rhyme that I used to say. You might have heard it before. Adversity. I think Josh had the t-shirt before. Is God's university and how he adds a verse to me. It's God's school, the Spirit. And he gets to Mamre. And Abraham was in this place where he positioned himself in a place called sight or insight. What do you do when you have question marks? What do you do when you can't see? When you don't know? When you're in limbo, when everything is on hold, what do you do? I think we have an answer here. Abraham brought his wife, and they decided to plant themselves in a place called sight, in a place called 
insight into a place. They planted themselves in a place called strength in adversity. Woo, this is good stuff. Where am I going to put my tent? Come on, somebody. I'm going to get to a place called Mamre because I need to see something. I'm going to get Saturday night to praise church because I need to hear something. I've been going through some adversity. Woo! And it's not been fun. And in my adversity, I need some strength. I need to be empowered. I need some dunamis from the Holy Spirit. It's going to change everything. And so here he is in Mamre. And he is, I love this. He's sitting at the door of the tent in the heat of day. Woo! It's warm outside. I got to Dallas this summer. They said it's the hottest summer since 2000 and something. And I, I don't believe them because that's my first summer. It was like 110 degrees, 108 degrees, 107 degrees. And I'm like, God, did you really, really call us here? You know, this is warm. You know what I'm saying? It's hot up in here. Uh, you know, I'm just like, whoa, I'm staying inside. But it says in the scripture, this is very interesting in verse, verse 1. He says, and he was sitting in the tent door at the heat of day. I want you to catch this. I'm just, I'm just moving very slowly in this verse because there's revelation in every part. The Holy Spirit's in the details, not the devil. Is that right? And so he's sit sitting. Sitting in Scripture is the sign of a finished work. What did Jesus do after he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and ascended up to heaven. He sat down at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for us. But he sat down because he finished. He said, I have finished what my Father sent me to do. And so he's sitting there right now in the heavenlies waiting for Daddy to say, go get him. <laughs> but here is Abraham in an in-between place in a place where he's positioned himself in a place called sight, even though he cannot see right now, and he's sitting, prophetically sitting, spiritually sitting. I want you to catch this position here because this position is very important. Before he gets an answer to what he's believing for, he's already sitting in the established work of what God wants to do. This is good. This is really good. And he's there in the threshold. He's between the tent and outside. He's being between the place where he dwells and he's at a door where he's sitting in the heat of day. The heat of day, it was hot over there. I've been over there. It's like 120 degrees in some of those places. It's warm out there, but he's sitting there. And the scripture says that the Lord appeared to him 
where he's positioned in this place at the tent door in the heat of day in a place called sight. And he lifted, as verse 2 says, he lift, so he, and he lift up his eyes and looked. Now, I want you to understand something about Abraham. This phrase is a very important phrase for the life of Abraham because God took him at a certain point in Genesis chapter 13. I'm teaching a little bit here, but this is, this is getting good. At least to me, I'm having a fun time. Just come with me for the ride. In Genesis 13, Abraham and Lot separated. And that word separated, I always love to teach, is the Hebrew word parad, and it means a separation that creates a breakthrough. There's some people who are not going where you're going. And that's okay. And so they separated, and Abraham got to Canaan land, and God said, lift up your eyes and look. So he already has this pattern going on. And look all around you. Look north, look south, look east, look west. Can I speak that in this house today? So. Lift up your eyes. Woo! Yeah. All around you. Because everywhere that you are looking, that you can see, I've given it to you and to your descendants. That was God's promise. And so he's looking in Genesis 13 at a land that is dry, that is barren, that doesn't look like too much because Lot already went to the green, grassy tree side where Sodom was. And here is Abraham in the middle of the desert. And God says, I've given this to you. See, sometimes if you look at the condition of the land, of what God has given to you in the natural, you're going to miss what God wants to do in the spiritual because there's a blessing on your life called the blessing of Abraham. Can I talk to somebody here? And so I don't care what the territory looks like in front of you. The moment you put your foot, Joshua, every place on which your foot shall tread, I've given it to you. The moment you occupy that territory, that sphere of influence, that job, that neighborhood, that city, the moment you step into that place, all of a sudden the weather patterns begin to change. Where the clouds used to go down over there and, and rain on that field, now it's coming and raining on your field. Come on now. When your ground was dry and barren and it felt like a desert, all of a sudden trees are bursting forth and fruit is coming and fields are being filled up with wheat and, 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 and vines are being filled up with grapes and there's a blessing on your life. But he says, I need you to lift up your eyes. I need you to lift your eyes above your circumstance. I need you to lift your eyes above the level that you're living on. Can I prophesy to somebody here? And I want you to begin to see in the spirit what I'm about to do in your life because it is powerful. Yes. Lift up your eyes and look and behold of what I'm doing in this moment. Praise church here in Gonzales. Look what I'm doing. Lift up your eyes and look. Get above it all. This is a pattern in Abraham's life. You go to the next chapter. In Genesis, well, two chapters later, Genesis 15. And God comes to Abraham one more time. And he says, come out of your tent. 
and lift up your eyes and look up to the stars. Woo, come on, this is a pattern. We're talking about patterns here. One, two, three. And he says, look, and this is going to be how many descendants you have. If you can count the stars, lift up your eyes. And so we get into this next verse, verse 2 of 18. This is getting good. And he says, so he lifted his eyes and looked. And I love the King James. And lo, I always love the word lo. And lo and behold, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the front door. And he bowed themselves toward the ground. Look at this verse here. Look at this. The pattern's happening. He lifted up his eyes, and he saw Canaan land, the land. He lifted up his eyes, and he saw the stars, the inheritance. And now he lifted up his eyes, and he had a theophany. The Lord was there with the angel on the right and the angel on the left. This is a heavenly posse right here showing up in memory. A place of sight. He looks up. And insight. He looks up. And this time, it's not the land. It's not the sky. It is him. Woo! Sometimes God doesn't just come with his voice. He comes with his presence. <laughs> and he shows up. Because it says in the scripture... The Lord appeared to him. Now, I'll give you some more proof that this was the Lord. This is not just a theophany. This is a Christophany. This is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Because you look at the end of this chapter, chapter 18, the last verse, it says, and the Lord, he left him. He went away from him. He went away. But then the next verse of 19, the two angels stayed. And they went down to Sodom and dealt with Sodom. So there's three. We start doing math here. The Lord went away, the end of the verse. And then the next verse of 19, and the two angels went down to Sodom. So you get to this verse in, in, in chapter 18, verse 2. And he lifted up his eyes, and there were three men standing by him. And this is what I want you to get. Because there's a word in this room here tonight. When you have an, a God encounter, things are about to change. Everything is changing. But there's a word here I want you to see. It's a word of acceleration. Woo! For the Spirit of the Lord declares in this house that you have, and it's been frustrating sometimes. I'm just going to be prophetically honest of what I'm feeling. It's been, it's, sometimes it's frustrating because... You see the potential. You know what God has done, and you know what God can do, and you know what God has said, and what he wants to do, and you sit there and felt like there's been a lid on this. And I feel like between myself as a prophetic voice and Apostle Bishop Tudor Bismarck, because God establishes things through his apostles and prophets, that there's a lid lifting off. 
of this house and this ministry in a dynamic way. And, 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 and because there is a reach that God has given you. There is a multi-generational anointing that God has given this house. There, is, there are words and promises that have been spoken over this house. And I'm not saying any of this in a, in a critical way, but it's felt like there's been this lid that's happened through time and circumstance. But God's pulling this thing back. I felt it in the spirit this afternoon. Like I saw the hand of the Lord just pulling the lid off. Because God wants, he's, he wants to use this house to reach the regions and the cities that it has been planted in. This is a multi-campus church. Gonzalez and New Orleans. And God says, I'm going to pull the lid off now in the spirit. And I'm going to cause, here's the word, an acceleration of my word to take place. For I'm reminded of the verse in Ezekiel chapter 47. See, I'm prophet preaching here. Prophet teaching, prophet preaching. I'm reminded of the scripture of, of, in Ezekiel 47 verse 12. Where there are trees lined up along the banks of the river. And everywhere the river goes, it brings life. Somebody say that. Everywhere the river goes, it brings life. And, 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 and I, I wrote this this last week on my social media. When rivers are moving, rivers never go backwards. That's one of the natures of a river. When you look at the characteristics of a river, rivers never go backwards. You don't see a river ever go in reverse. It's always moving forward, even if it's slow. Huh. If the current is slow, it's always moving forward. If the current is fast, or if the current maybe turns into a waterfall, it's always moving forward. That's, that's what you know about a river, the characteristics of a river. It's always moving forward. And Ezekiel 47, everywhere the river goes, it brings life. And I'm, t I'm giving this prophetic word here because along the banks of the river, there are trees. And if you want to know what the trees are, y'all are the trees. You want to know who, who the trees are? Y'all are the trees. And y'all are bearing all different types of fruit. So you might not just bear oranges, you also might bear apples and plums, thank you Jesus, and cherries, all types. This is supernatural. But not only that, it says this, that each one bears fruit each month. And if you look at the law of horticulture, you'll see that it takes 12 months for a tree to go through its cycle. But in the scripture, it reveals in Ezekiel 47 that the cycle has been accelerated. So what used to take 12 now only takes one. Somebody's catching what I'm saying here. When the Lord appears, come on somebody, when the river is there, all of a sudden we move into a place of acceleration. And here is Abraham in this verse. And it says, watch this, when he saw them. 
When he saw them. What did he see before? Land. What did he see before? Stars. But now he sees Jesus and a couple of angels standing before him. When he saw them. Now begin to watch the language here. He, what did he do? He, he didn't mosey on over. He didn't crawl. I, I want you to see the activity here, how it works. He didn't just stand and just wait for them to come to him. Hmm. He ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. Now watch the language. And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Then he says in verse 4, Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And now watch this, verse 6 again. Here's what I'm showing him, showing language here. And Abraham, what did he do? He hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly. I got you. I need you to see this here. Because there's language here, running, hastening, quickly. There's acceleration taking place. Here he's giving her the recipe. Like, get this done. Move quickly. Get ready quickly. Then verse 7 says, And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf, tender and young, and gave it unto the young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Look at this language here. From these verses, from 2 to 7. Look at the language. Run. Hasten. Quickly. Hasten. Move. Do this. Acceleration. 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 God is here. God has showed up. We're moving into a different dimension now. Where before, we were sitting and we were waiting. And they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not grow weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Your position, can I prophesy to somebody, is changing. From sitting at the tent door in the heat of day. In a place called Mamre, you have strategically positioned yourselves in a place called sight and insight. And now God shows up. And everything begins to move. I'm telling you right now, everything is about to move. Do not be weary in well-doing. I come here to speak to some people because it can get wearisome waiting. It can get tiresome. You can pray, how long? Really, God? Time is marching on. I'm not 
getting any younger. Hmm, this is a good word. What's up, Jesus? <laughs> Hello, did you forget about me? I'm in Mamre. <laughs> and he says, no, at the right time, at the right place. Abraham's a hundred. Sarah is 90. They had a promise about their seed that would be like the stars in the sky, like the sand of the sea, like the dust in the earth. And they're still barren. But then, acceleration comes. God shows up. Woo! And everything changes. I got a word for somebody. Everything's changing. Because you read the rest of this verse, I'm not going to get into this, but he asked, where is your wife? Where's Sarah? She's in the tent. I was at the door, but she's even deeper. <laughs> this is good. I was sitting at the door. I was kind of like in between. But she's just, she's done. She's just there. Because we both had this promise, but the way she copes with it, she's just deep in the tent. Is this okay? Where is she? She's in the tent. Well, here's a word. I'm coming to you. I will certainly return unto you according to the time of life, it says in verse 10. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. She heard there was something going on. There was a meeting going on. Well, Saturday night in Gonzales. So she just wanted to watch online. But she heard this conversation going on between heaven and earth. Between the Lord and Abraham accompanied with some angels. She's like, what are they saying? And it says in verse 11, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. There's just emphasis of old. It's like, gosh, I'm turning 50 next year. I'm, I don't like this language. And in verse 13, it says, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall of surety bear a child which am old. Is anything, he says, too hard for the Lord? Can I speak this to somebody? Is anything after they've already heard this word and they've done all the calculations and they've looked at the facts and they looked at their age, and they looked at their, their, their barrenness, they looked at their inability, they looked at their lack of productivity, and, 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 and in the midst of this, Abraham had an encounter, and he had a word. Can I talk to you here? He had a word that came to change everything. And after you hear a word, faith rises up inside of you. And you say, you know what, is anything, I'm looking in the face of the facts. 
And I'm saying, is anything, I'm asking a question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything, I don't care what's going on in your life right now, what's going on in your body right now, what's going on in your marriage right now, what's going on in your family right now, what's going on in America right now, what's going on in the world right now, is there anything? too hard for the Lord is nothing Jeremiah said is too difficult for him there's nothing Woo! nothing that's a powerful word right there nothing is too difficult is too challenging for the Lord can I speak to you here tonight can somebody say nothing it does not matter what's going on in your life nothing it's too difficult. Can you imagine right here before anything happens, he has a word before any promise comes forth, he begins to speak a word of faith into the situation. He begins to speak it to Sarah. He begins to speak it in his tent, in his house, in his family, because he's in a place called sight, and now he's seeing clearly. And he says, is there anything too difficult for the Lord? And he go on with the rest of this verse, and, and, and you know, the Lord, Sarah, denies that she was laughing, and, and, and the Lord's like, no, you were laughing. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to give a birth to a son named Laughter, because Isaac means laughter. Do you know how this all ends up? Laughter. Rejoicing singing psalm 126 when the lord turned again the captivity of zion it was like a dream then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing then said they among the heathen the lord has done great things for them and we reply, yes, the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. Laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Ho. Ho, ho, he, he, he. Can somebody practice with me? Just practice. It might not feel good right now, but just say the words. Even if you just you know, want to be real stern about it. Ha, 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 ho, 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 he, he, he. How does this move? It moves into laughter. It moves into rejoicing. This is exciting. God's showing up. Can I speak to you here? He's pulling the lid off the tent. Woo. He's not just meeting you at the door of the tent. He's going right to whatever's inside the tent. Deep inside. Those who have been waiting for too long for the promise. They were waiting for the promise. They had a word about the promise. But then God shows up and he says, nothing's too difficult. The promise that I've spoken to you, it will come to pass. It will take place, says the Lord. Can somebody receive this prophetic word here tonight? It will happen. It will take place. It will be restored. There will be healing. 
Acceleration. So you have to be like Abraham when God shows up. You got to start moving quickly, getting everything into place. Position yourself from sitting. You've sat long enough. There's some pent up energy now. And so he starts moving around. He starts doing things. This is, this is the activity in this next season. You better get ready because you've been sitting long enough. Start moving. God showed up. You got to take care of his business here. Acceleration is here in this place. Whew, this is good stuff. There's acceleration here in this place. And God, let me tell somebody, will do what he said he would do. Do you believe it? Woo. Do you believe it? The apostolic anointing upon you is so necessary for this hour. I mean, you, 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 you function in the office of the pastor in the fivefold, and also there's this teaching revelatory office that you also occupy. And you've had words about the apostolic and you've seen inklings. But what I see is you're stepping, O oh man of God, into a whole new dimension of the office of the apostle in this hour. Because there is a fatherly anointing that rests upon you to be a father to fathers. <sighs> you see, I need the church to understand something. I'm coming back to you. I need the church to understand something. The mantle that is upon the pastors of this house, the reach that God has given them is really big. It's huge. And, 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 and so, you know, we've been through, and God's pulling the lid off this thing, but we've been through seasons where we've experienced loss after loss after loss. But God says, now I'm turning into victory after victory after victory. But no matter the loss that you incur, the mantle does not change. The mantle that rests upon your pastors, I'm speaking to the house here, is massive. It's mega. It's super. It's, 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 it's not just territorial. It's regional. It's statewide. It's nationwide. It's international. And God's shining his light on you all in this season. And so I see doors opening up for you to begin to step into churches and to speak in words of wisdom and words of life into leaders and into churches and bring course adjustments with grace and to help bring, if I can say this in a, in a, in a nice way, discipline and correction with grace to be able to set the course of churches in the direction that God has for them in this hour. And so I see the Lord just beginning to, because your name has been out there and you don't even realize it. Your name has been spoken among different people. But the Lord says, I'm going to begin to open up doors for you. Even over the next year, the next two years, the next three years, it's going to continue to widen in this, in this time frame because of what you carry is so necessary, O oh man of God, for this time and for this hour it's only just going to expand like never before and you will stand in different pulpits and you will preach the word of the Lord and it will literally change atmospheres just like the anointing that's on uh, Bishop Tudor Bismarck you will go into environments and into churches and there will be such a residue 
of the anointing and a deposit of the Spirit of God that you lay in a place whereby it will still be there for months and even years after you had been there because of the authority of the Word of God that's in your mouth. It's like Samuel of old where the Scripture says that not one of his words dropped to the ground, but God backed up his words and he was behind his words and he lifted up his words and his words came to pass. So when you speak, things are going to change. When you speak, all of a sudden, atmospheres are going to be moved. When you speak, strongholds are going to be brought down. In the name of Jesus. I'm fired up tonight. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's an authority in the spirit that God has given you for this hour and in this day. And so think it not strange that you've gone through this last season, not just because God wanted you to go through it because he wanted to get you, but because he wanted to take you through another classroom so that you could stand up as a professor and teach people how to move from this to that, like Peter of old, who will say this is that which was prophesied. You're moving from this dimension where it seems like things have been on hold to that which God has spoken and declared over your life. It's as if God is going to give you divine appointments in people's lives, in phone conversations, in pulpits, in, in meetings, in different at tables. He's going to give you divine appointments where God is going to use you to be the one to unlock what has been spoken for decades to people in their lives. There's certain people, when they show up, they knock on the door, all of a sudden, the babe leaps within people, and the Spirit of God comes. And so this is your season. Y'all are entering an amazing season in God. And I'm speaking with fire here tonight. Because it's the Holy Ghost and fire that came upon the church in the book of Acts. John told everybody, I baptize you with water. But there's one that's greater than I, that's coming along, Jesus. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm telling you, this is an hour where we need the Holy Ghost and fire to drop in this day upon the church because when the Holy Ghost and fire drops upon the church, we all get filled up, but it doesn't just stay in the church. It spills out into the streets. That is the, 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 what the result of the Holy Ghost and fire. Too many times we've had Holy Ghost and fire meetings and, and we all went back after the revival and went to the restaurant and they just went around doing the same old, same old after that. But when the Holy Ghost, the, the pattern is when the Holy Ghost and fire falls, it moves into the streets and people start hearing what's going on in their language. 13 languages in the book of Acts began to hear what was going on and, and they asked the question, what's happening? What does this mean? What's going on here? What does this mean? And that's when Peter stands up and says, this is that that was prophesied by 
the prophet Joel that in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy and it goes on about dreams and visions and all these things are being stirred up and the power of God is revealed in the earth the Holy Ghost and fire see I'm fired up here tonight because you all are entering a season that you've been waiting for but it's a whole lot more that he has in store on this brand new floor called Holy Ghost more than you've ever experienced, you've ever known. It's a whole lot more. Eye has not seen, ear has not. I'm, I'm focusing on them tonight, but guess what? When God prophesies to the head, then the oil, it flows down the head of Aaron, down his beard, down to his skirt. Y'all are getting overflow. Can I talk to somebody here? Somebody say, I'm getting some overflow. So when God speaks to them, he speaks to y'all. And when he speaks to all, he speaks to them. That's how this thing works. But y'all are entering this season. You've been prepared for this moment. And so it's about to get really exciting. Because prayers that you've prayed for this city and that city, God's going to answer right before your eyes. Can any good thing come out of New Orleans? The land of Rita. Is it Rita? Katrina. 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 What was Rita? That was in Florida. Katrina. That was Texas. And then Ida was, it was here too. Can any good thing come out of this place? Come and see. Come and see. Because God's up to something big. And he's renewing the prophecies that have been spoken in previous generations. For you will be called, I hear it now, repairs of the breach and restorers of paths to dwell in. Woo! You're going to be repairers and restorers. Woo! And God's going to redeem it all. I hear the word redeem, redemption. Everything that the enemy, the thief, tried to steal, now he's going to have to return back. I'm dealing with something in the spirit now, a principality. He's going to have to return back to you seven times. Woo! Now that makes me just mad enough to put my foot down and say, enough of you. Because he's going to have to return back to you seven times. He came in one way, but he's going to flee before you seven ways. Everything's changing. Whew, everything's changing. I said everything's changing. Somebody just lift up your hands and say, everything's changing. Starting now. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to say a few words, and I'm going to move prophetically. But I just feel for some reason, I don't usually do this, to just lay this right here. Because there's a weight dropping in the spirit, and I don't want to move beyond it. Because we've dealt with something in the spiritual dimension, and now there's like a kabod, the glory. 
is dropping into this place now. And I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to move with it. I don't want to do anything to hinder the weightiness. Because tonight, when you all put your head on the pillows, you're going to feel a weightiness of God's glory. Because we're hearing something, the mind of the Lord. I did not prepare this sermon. I'm telling you, I just read the scripture. I know what Mamre meant. But this is just a spontaneous utterance that I've never preached before or prophesied from before. But I got up here tonight and the Lord said 18. I was going to 26. There's a kabod. Kabod is the Hebrew word for glory. So I want you to understand something. Isaiah prophesied like this. I'm moving things around now. Every mountain is going to be brought down. Every valley is going to be lifted up. Every crooked place is going to be made straight. Every rough place is going to be made smooth. And the kabod, the weightiness, the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. Just close your eyes. Just lift up your hands. There's a shift that has taken place now in the spirit. And those of you watching online, there's a shift taking place right where you are. There's a shift taking place. Everything's changing now. And there it is. And so we just sit in the presence here. Just let the glory of the Lord just come upon you. Here's my recommendation. I might have said this to you before, but I'm going to say it one more time. Because this is holy ground. I mean, I, I, I have an unction I can keep prophesying, but I don't feel to right now. I'm just going to let it rest. Here's my recommendation. When Jazzy, my youngest, was about three or four, she would get me water. She loved to get daddy water. Do you need water? Sure. Sometimes she would just come and she'd bring water and didn't even ask. I'd take it because she was, there was something inside of her that was just like, she just wanted to bless daddy. And she was walking down the hallway towards our room and I had looked down the hallway and she was walking really carefully holding this big cup, about the big as her face, <laughs> like a 32 ounce glass of water, plastic cup, and she's walking. And I said, Jazzy, what are you doing? She said, I got you water. I said, but what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm walking very carefully. 
because I don't want to spill any. See, when you go out of here tonight, be like Jazzy. Because God wants to do something in this season that's so powerful. He's done something tonight. And he's going to do something all day tomorrow. And so just be like Jazzy. Just be very careful how you walk out of here. Don't get trite or foolish or crazy tonight. Maybe just sit in the presence of God. Find your chair or your seat or your couch or in your bed. And don't spill any. Because God's filling up your cup to overflow. You're moving from pessimist or optimist to psalmist. Or your cup's not half empty or even half full, but your cup, it overflows. What an awesome message. You know, God, God moves in all kinds of ways. And uh, there's times where that <clears throat> we want to hear a prophetic word specifically for us, and we think that we need that, somebody to stand in front of us and begin to prophesy. He's been prophesying ever since he started here. And uh, if you didn't catch that, you need to inhale it before you, before you leave out of here because there was a lot that was said here tonight, a lot of impartation, and a lot that we can receive and begin to grow with. And I think that, that in the days to come, we'll see the manifestation of these things as God begins to fill our cup more and more. And uh, I thank you for that powerful, powerful word. Tomorrow morning, uh, there's no telling what will take place in here. And uh, he may turn loose and just prophesy to every individual. You know, there's different types of prophets. There's different ways that prophets minister. And uh, I, love, I love the variety. But I'm going to tell you, I love the teaching. I love the preaching of this man and the word that he gives to individuals. When we were in Gatlinburg, he called one of the ladies out in New Orleans. And it was as though that, that um, he was reading everything in her life to the point that she came up off of the front seat and she was in her own world just as you were prophesying every detail of her life. And uh, so these things will happen while he's here. And we're going to see some great, great manifestations of God working through a word. How many of you know all you need is one word to change your life? Just one word. And so tonight we're just going to, we're going to soak in what we have received. Amen. But we, before we leave tonight, we do want to bless him. And we're going to receive an offering uh, for him. If you're, if you're writing a check or, or, or however you do it, you can make it to Praise Church. We'll give him one check. All of the, this whole offering will go to him. We'll not pull anything out of that uh, for any expenses, but all of this will go directly to them for their ministry. And uh, we want to be a blessing to them. Amen? How many of you received something tonight? Wave at me if you received something tonight. Those who are watching, wave. I can't see you, but I'm believing you waving. Amen. And uh, so we, we have, uh, have an opportunity to give. And the word says, when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. 
And somebody says, well, what, what is that? What is that reward? It's, it's an understanding of the word that was just brought forth so that you can enter into that season of blessing of what has been spoken. Just sim simple. We had, we had a, a prophet in our life that uh, began to, to speak about the auto industry. And uh, he said, forget about, forget about different ones. And then he named one. While all the time the stocks were going down on all of the auto industry uh, uh, manufacturers. <clears throat> My daughter was the only one in our house that had any money. And I figured it out because I had a little a bucket by the side of the bed I'd put my change in and she'd go in and get my change but then it became hers you know you know how that goes how females are with that but anyway she was the only one in the house that had money to invest and so she bought stock in that company well man all of a sudden that thing began to turn around and go north you know it was powerful and we're sitting there saying I wish I'd have had some money to put into it but that was the prophet's reward because she received that. And that word resonated in her, but yet she was able to profit from what she had received. What we have received tonight in the word, every one of us can profit from. As he began to identify all the words through that scripture, <clears throat> some of us are sitting at the tent door and we're looking out. Some of us are sitting inside the tent. But when, it, when, when the Lord shows up, we're gonna have to run, and we're gonna have to meet Him, and we're gonna have to serve Him for all of it to be fulfilled in our life. And I believe that's the heart of the people that are in here tonight. And so each one of us have received tonight and been a powerful word. And so tonight we're gonna give going to give and we're going to believe it's going to come back into our life pressed down shaken together and running over you know I, I i don't like offerings that are manipulative because it's against the word of god the word says when you give give with a cheerful heart not out of not out of necessity not out of want and not out of manipulation give with a cheerful heart tonight and when you do that is you ask god God, what would you have me give? And he'll speak to every one of us in this room. And when you're obedient to what he says, he'll bring back into your life. Press down, shaking together, and running over. So we're going to receive an offering here tonight for our brother. If you want to give online, or forget a text to give is up here. We uh, Envelopes there in the, in, the, uh, in the seats in front of you. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for what, you're, what you have given to us. Thank you for your word, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that your spirit would begin to dwell and hover over each every, and every one of us as we leave this place. Let your spirit bring forth this into our soul, into our mind, our emotions, our spirit, and even in our physical bodies, oh God. Father, touch us, Lord. And Father, as we give tonight, I ask you, Lord, that it would meet the need that our brother has. We'd ask you, Lord, that you would touch each person here and cause it to come back into their life, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, Lord, we thank you for the ability to give. Lord, move upon us today 
and we give you praise and give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Those of you that are watching online, you can also give. Go into our website, and uh, there's a place there at praisechurchoflouisiana.com, and you can participate in this also. I want to thank those that are watching online, and uh, tomorrow morning we'll be right back again with the service at 9 o'clock, and then we're videoing at 11, and then 6 o'clock tomorrow evening so you can join us again. Amen. It's a good day.